Good evening, everyone. You're listening to Skip Intro. This is Ayman Rashad, and in the studio with me is Ian McNally and Julian Yap. And today, we're going to talk about a new series that's come up on HBO, which is His Dark Materials. We believe there is an organization that is stealing children. Lyra has to make a journey. The child is destined to be important. Tell me where she is. I will destroy all of this. We're going north till we find the place where children are being kept. We need fighters. I'm ready to fight. Who is Lyra Balakwa? So, where do we begin with this show? Well, for those who don't know, uh, His Dark Materials is a series of books by the author, the UK author Phil Pullman, uh, that consists of the books Northern Lights, the Subtle, Nice, the Subtle Knife, and the Amber Spyglass. One of the books was also renamed The Golden Compass, which was also made a film in 2007, I think. Yeah. But which had Daniel Craig in it. Which had Daniel Craig in it and Nicole Kidman. Yes. Yeah. Nicole and it's proof that putting Daniel Craig in everything doesn't automatically make it better. Yeah, no, just because you have him as your James Bond of the moment, you don't put him in your Golden Compass movie. So these books are set in a world where people's souls exist outside their body in the form of animals called demons. Mm-hmm. And these books are essentially like a screed against the Catholic Church. Yeah, because and also against um, author Philip Pullman was not very happy. He hates the Chronicles of Narnia. Yes. And Mm -hmm. C.S. Lewis, he says it's racist, it's misogynistic, it it fat shames people. And this was his answer to that. And I think it's... No lies detected. Yeah, it's well loved. Yes. For for exactly so, that. So, so he is the anti C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this world he set up. It's not. It's actually you know. Th- there's a reason why it's popular, and uh, it's the story. It's about this young girl called Lara Balakwa, who is a scholastic. She's yes. in, under scholastic protection of scholastic sanctuary at Jordan College in the UK, but it's not our Jordan College, as we've mentioned. Everyone has this little cute animal. It's a bit like Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> and they all have their soul Pokemon. Yeah. And she has a mysterious background. She seems to have uh, gifts no one knows about. And she's going to have to go on an adventure that's going to involve um, armored bears, the magisterium, which is the stand-in for the Catholic Church in this world, this weird material called dust. And, you know, I have to say again, sorry, giant armored bears are going to be in this. <laughs> and there's a lot of heavy-handed kind of symbolism going on in that while she's she's going to cause a massive change in the world, it's kind of all prophesized, but... She's not going to know why she's doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she has to go on the journey without knowing why, why or what's going on. But she has to like betray someone or something like that. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So HBO are hoping this is going to be another one of their like their like with Watchmen. I think they're trying mm-hmm. to see if this is going to be their next big Game of Thrones thing. Yeah. Um, they have put an awful lot of money in it along with the BBC, and ha- neither of you have read the books, right? I. No. I read the books like years ago when I was like nine or ten, and um, when I watched a couple of the episodes, I I couldn't remember most of the book. Mm-hmm. Only some things like the armored bears <laughs> and, and the demons. Uh, so it's like watching the series. It was more or less fresh for me mm. because we just, I didn't remember much of the book. I'm in that sweet spot as well where I read the books quite a long time ago so when I looked up Wikipedia after watching these first four episodes we got to see I looked up Wikipedia to remind myself mm-hmm. of the later books and I was like wow they got wild. Yeah. Do they? <laughs> they get kind of wild. There's okay, angels cool. There's angels in later books. Ooh fun. Oh. So that's going to be a whole thing when they get to that but I was 
nicely swept along his way in the same way. That sweet spot where, oh, I don't remember this. Oh, I kind of vaguely remember this. Mm-hmm. This seems to be going where I think it is. Yeah. But I was also nicely surprised because, again, after having to do a bit of digging, there are some elements that they've brought from later books forward. Okay. That guy who works for the Magisterium and who goes on little jaunts, shall we say? We're not really supposed to talk about where he goes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Yep. Um, it, that thing. That's from later books, but they're seeding that earlier. So that was nice in that it felt fresh to me. I like the approach of this show so far. I think um, I didn't read the books, but I remember the Golden Compass movie vaguely. But watching this brought back a lot of things where it was, oh, yeah, there are demons. Demons are cool. Oh, yeah, there's something called an alethiometer. That's super cool. But it's everything feels very new and very fleshed out. Nothing feels very Victorian England, which Mm. was Mm -hmm. what the movie was. It was very steampunky and very 2007 steampunky. And I think doing what they've done with this new series series uh, bringing in it's not technically modern but it's a little bit just a little bit different from the world that we know and the history that we know and it makes it feel a little bit more realistic that this is our world if we just pushed it a little bit further and I think the story has always been important to a lot of people and to Mm. a lot of kids and the reason that it stood the test of time is because it's so rich in so many things the demons have always been one of my favorite things that i was really upset that the golden compass movie series never you know further yeah because pan is one pan is adorable and one of my favorite um you know animal characters in in a lot of those i was listening to a podcast with a i think it was the adam buxton podcast interviewing philip pullman saying that he kind of invented those just so that when lyra's on her own he doesn't have to do her internal monologue <laughs> <laughs> literally you so she has somebody yeah. to talk to <laughs> but, but here's so much are, character it's a, it's a great yeah. con, it's a great conceit this idea that the part of your soul and if they, they stay at the front it's not like oh this is a weird thing this is completely normal in this world it is part of your soul mm-hmm. when you're a child it can change shape and when you settle into your personality in your later years then it settles in its own shape and it's also fun you know you get to look at um, puberty coming of age as a kid but also as a protagonist Lyra she doesn't know what her big journey is and as a reader we don't know as a viewer we don't know and as we learn as we go along it's so fun to see it's good story stuff. Yeah. It's really yeah. good story stuff. And, I'm so and, glad. And I also like the performances by uh, Daphne Keane, who plays She's Lyra. Great. She's yeah. really good in it. And, so and she, also, she was Laura in uh, Logan, if you don't. Yes, that's her. right. The, the girl from Logan. Mm-hmm. She was, so she's the main character in, in His Dark Materials, playing Lyra Blackwa. Mm-hmm. And I also like the performance of James McAvoy, although I wish there was more of him. <laughs> Yeah, there's, as I said, they move things around from the book. I think it wasn't that there was an, there was less Daniel Craig in the movie, but there's yeah. less James McAvoy in this story. Yeah. I think the story is a little slow to get going. That first episode, not an awful lot mm-hmm. happens. Um, there's enough kind of stuffy stuff going on at Oxford that you're like, okay, I don't know what any, what's going on here. Yeah, I think this, the show, especially in the first episode, it's like big epic enough, like the potential for epic mm. TV series is there so it's enough to keep you going for next step for next week but mm-hmm. it was enough for me to you know keep going and I know I don't think it should rely on you know everyone knowing the story and knowing the books and mm. having seen the old movie but it's also the potential of going on an adventure mm-hmm. I think it's set out really well because you get Ruth Wilson as this terrifying very cold icy uh, Mrs. Coulter who I mean is she? Are we supposed to believe that she's good? I no, mean, no, 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 not <laughs> think, even for a yeah. second. I think even when she was introduced, you can yeah. sort of get this sense that oh, there's something, something different about about this yeah. one. Yeah, she's like, so great as a you know antagonist in a way. Yeah. She's an antagonist, but she's also she's 
no one seems to trust her. There's the general mm-hmm. ablation board, which is part of the magisterium, seems to be like something that's going on. Like everyone just looks at her sideways. It's like I mean, they are a sex. It is set in a sexist world where she's the mm-hmm. only master of Oxford. She's the only woman at the Arctic Explorer Society because this universe they love exploring that Arctic. Yeah, they do. And she's really really great in it I think one thing they don't sell quite as well that rewatching the movie they do is that the, the idea that touching someone else's demon is like taboo yes and it's mm-hmm. weird because if your demon gets hurt you'll get hurt and if yeah. you you know kill someone's demon you'll kill them because your soul is in the demon literally yeah, it's a personification of your soul mm-hmm. so they didn't quite sell that I think in mm-hmm. the, the TV show and also there's plenty of extras walking around in the background with not even like a stuffed demon <laughs> yeah. beside them yeah they them. don't try they, they skipped over that a little bit yeah but, mm-hmm. I think I we got to see you've seen the four episodes, right? Yep. So for those fans of the book, the bear is good. The bear is great. Yeah. So Lee Scoresby, perfect. Lee Scoresby, which I, which is hard considering from the movie it was um Sam Elliott. Yeah. And so Sam How Elliott, do you get how do you one up that? How do yeah. you improve that? How do you bring that into twenty nineteen <laughs> and you get Lynn Manuel Miranda? And it's almost if that's one of your um selling points of this show, which like it was for me, it was waiting every episode to when are we gonna get to Lynn Manuel Miranda? Yeah. When's he gonna come? And his introduction and his entrance to the show is so fun. And I think he just fits in really well. Yeah. You he's I, I read so I can't remember where it was from, but someone said he's the American cousin of his character in Mary Poppins Returns and I think that's <laughs> I think that's a really great way to introduce someone into a TV series so I will say um, the key for this is going to be how they deal with the end of the first book so I've enjoyed it so far mm-hmm. the Golden Compass just jumped the shark straight away by and annoyed an awful lot of book readers by avoiding something that happens at the end of that book that kind of plays into the growing up adult themes there's an awful lot in this as well of Adults are not to be trusted. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. when you're growing up, you need to find your own way and you can't just go off what people say. And there's a huge turning point on that in the end of the first book. And the movie finished like about 10 pages before that. <laughs> and then was like, hey, everything's cool. It's like, what are you doing? This is not the way the story's supposed to go. You can't make a happy, happy, joy, joy, Harry Potter out of this. I think we should say very quickly, it's not, it never feels like a kid's show no. or a kid's book, even yeah. though it is an adaptation of one. And I the, the journey, themes are yeah, the themes are the journey that Daphne Keene's character Lyra goes through aren't kids' themes. You know, there are kids involved. It's not, you know, kid fun. Yeah. So we've been talking about his dark materials, the new show uh, showing on HBO. Let us know. Have you guys read the books, and what part in that book are you most uh, looking forward to see in in the TV show? So WhatsApp us at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at skip intro my, and you can write us at movies at bfm my. And coming up, we're going to continue our conversation on skip intro BFM eighty nine point nine. Bringing fresh meaning, BFM eighty nine point nine. Hello everyone, you're listening to Skip Intro with Ayman, Ian and Julian. And earlier we were talking about His Dark Materials, which is the adaptation of the famous Philip Pullman novels. <laughs> and it's coming up on HBO. So it has been adapted before as The Golden Compass. So mm. um, as an adaptation of, no- as a- of a novel, how different is this new series compared to the movies? It is interesting. I think the watching the movie, there's some of the exposition that I'm, I get really annoyed these days when I see ham-handed exposition. We watch too. Yeah. I watch, we watch too much stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think the movie does do some things interestingly where it's like, well, this is like touching someone else's demon. You don't do that. 
Yeah. You know, they, they fit that stuff in a little better. There's also the analogies driven between this myth, mythical dust that surrounds all the adults and that the kids are not attracted, that doesn't attract to the kids. It's basically, hey, guess what? This is original sin. <laughs> Just in case you're not down with the metaphors. <laughs> yeah. Um, they've, they've, they signpost that more because it's a movie. Mm-hmm. I think with this show... It's like it's one thing if it was just HBO money, but they got that they got some of that B- sweet BBC money yeah. as well to keep it going. So I think they, whether or not they have the time, like I think it is that first episode is a bit slow and it's mm-hmm. mostly confined to the corridors of uh, Jordan College, yeah. which I think is a bit of a mistake. There's a certain point I think in episode two or three where they're out on the the Egyptians who are basically like um, almost like Romany kind of people, but mm-hmm. like non-racist way in the book. <laughs> They're on a boat and it's outside in the open and you're like, wow, I didn't know I missed this. Yeah, but it's also really nice. As we go along in the series, you open up the world a little bit and you get mm. to learn more about it. I What I got from the show so far is that it feels like a book. Mm. It, it I now feel like I never ever have to read the book ever again because um, it, it's a really good adapt. It feels like it's un- enveloping. Enveloping? Enveloping. Enveloping. Enveloping, like a, like a story is. Mm-hmm. Oh, unfolding. Oh, unfolding. unfolding. Yeah. And it's, it feels like it's unfolding like a story is. Hmm. So um, in terms of like its adaptation of a, of a uh, science fiction children's novel, how does it fare compared to other movies that have been adapted based on other novels? I think something Julian said earlier about this not feeling like a kid's show mm-hmm. the movie very much felt like i rewatched it and just like the costumes and some of the lighting and yeah. um, the actual treatment of the the, the golden compass of the title mm-hmm. like in the in the movie it's like they zoom into the mechanism of the mm-hmm. compass and you see all the dust inside you know the original sin again or there's a demon inside or some stuff like that you see all that whereas this is just like it's literally just the compass <laughs> she yeah. just like t- she changes some uh tw- twirls some knobs and then a needle changes whereas in the movie it's like it's like a thing that should be coveted it's like mm. it's always gl- it's like glowing in some scenes like yeah. more than the I'm rest sure of around it. it was it was 2007 <laughs> yeah and i just think that the it's adapting it well for that target audience better it knows that it's looking for that i think the book i think was aimed at tweens pullman i looked up pullman didn't have an age in mind it just that it would it got a huge boost from people who had finished the harry potter books and were looking for something a bit more adult and then became you know anarchists (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly what happened but there was a bunch of stuff that came out around that time that did feel too kiddie and it when the books maybe because they were in young adult sections that it didn't feel like they it wasn't a good enough movie adaptation because of how they treated the source material mm. and one of those that i am still upset that we never got a never got a sequel is inkheart mm. with brendan fraser and i think it's a beautiful little book that if you're going to bring storyland and storytelling into the real world and how you can fight villains in in real world but using your imagina- imagination how would that ever not be adapted into something kid targeted that Mm -hmm. the reason why we got something that was so i'm not going to say simple it feels like it's too simple for the complicated story that the book did set out and it feels like we deserve a lot better and i I was really gutted that we never got one. So were you disappointed at the movie? I love the movie. Oh, you I, love the movie? Yeah, it's on no HBO. Sequels. Oh, it is. Yeah, so check that out if you <laughs> want to watch that. So I missed it at the time. I think it was marketed badly. It was. It a lot was. Of like- but if you look at the cast of this, so we've got Brendan Fraser, Paul Bettany, Helen Mirren, Andy Serkis, Jim Broadbent. Yeah, that's this quite is, a collection. <laughs> this yeah. is peak 2008 yeah. fantasy, young adult. It, it, it could have worked but I think that from what I remember of the marketing, it was it did it seemed to play a bit more kiddish. Yeah, and I think that can be 
I talk, we talk a lot on here about kids' movies and children's movies. Mm-hmm. There is that, and it's a fine line to do that with your advertising because you do yeah. want to get the kids saying, Mommy, Mommy, I want to go see this. But you also want the parents to say, like, This looks like this reminds me of my inner child, and I <laughs> yeah. want them to get going with this. And also, this came out the year after the Golden Compass did. Mm. So we know what they were trying to do. Yeah. They were I trying mean, to get uh, on that market. Hollywood executives were just raiding the young adult sections of bookstores everywhere going, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? Mm-hmm. Including, of course, the Nanya series, which is like, I watched the first one. And then it turns out there was like five other movies that came after that, which I never even knew existed. Like the book series. They kind of go, <laughs> kind of go off as you go along. You can get the book set, but you never, ever yeah. read any of the rest. But. Yeah, I remember the one, I remember reading the one with the puddles and the rings. I don't know what that one is. But sure. like, the, you know, the, the, the Christian analogies get pretty heavy handed, I believe, as they go mm-hmm. forward. And there's yeah. an actually like a, an end times, not yeah. Ragnarok. What's the, what's the other one? I don't know. The Revelation, whatever it's called. <laughs> this, this, this. But that first movie was incredible. Yeah. I remember... Who doesn't want a Liam Neeson cat? Yeah. yeah it was a big deal. Like, yeah. oh my God, we've crossed the line into fake animals now, guys. We can do Liam Neeson being a lion. <laughs> we've come so far. It was a big deal. We had Tilda Swinton as the ice witch, the most perfect ice witch who will always terrify me. Yeah. And it feels... The, it just petered out. The franchise just sort of... I don't know. Yeah, we I can't mean, was, seem to do was, franchise, they franchises did, very well. They did well. I think was Prince, Prince Caspian the second one? This is like the Fast and the Furious thing. Yes. We can't remember which one. Because <laughs> yeah. like the, the character, also like uh, voiced animal characters start changing voice actors halfway yeah. through the season. Yeah. I think I saw, I did see Prince Caspian. I don't know if they made another one after They that. made they one made called one The one Dawn Trader. The Dawn Trader, yeah. yeah. I think the takeaway from this is that they're obviously very forgettable. <laughs> yes. No, the thing is, this was before when um, studios would sign um, book deals or movie deals for a whole franchise for five films. Well, we I mean, the, the, with the C.S. Lewis stuff, it's like it's been around for ages, but like after The Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, it yeah. was like, oh, anyone can be number three. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah. The Lord of the Rings for years was uh, uh, the only thing, it was a cautionary tale because there was, I think, Ralph Bakshi's Lord, animated Lord of the Rings, yeah. which wasn't even the full first book. It was the first half of the first book and just ends. And it oh. looks fabulous, but there's, you know, what the hell? There's no story here. And you're like, what happened to the rest of the book? Mm-hmm. And that was, most of these stories were a cautionary tale until Peter Jackson and his team did The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I think we're back into cautionary tale ter- uh, territory now. And you do have to have an actual, someone who's in love with the actual material and actually has a real idea of how to adapt it mm-hmm. and what the adaptation needs to say. There was a weird show that I... I got into the habit of just watching this and laughing, which was the Shannara Chronicles. I've never heard of this. This well, I can't even recognize this at all. I remember because I used to frequent the fantasy section of bookshops as a lot as a kid. I was read Raymond E. Feist books and things like that. But this is a series by Terry Brooks, which I'd always kind of meant to read. Mm-hmm. And then the show came on and... Um, it was just odd and then when you learn that like I always thought it's always a fantasy thing but there actually are elves and there are orcs and things like that in it but when you realize that they're all offshoots of humanity after the apocalypse so, so like we, we, we evolved into orcs uh, because of the nuclear apocalypse there's oh, like orcs course. are essentially mutants I love that that sounds so good <laughs> that's such of, a good but, mix but then you have these incredibly good looking but slightly dumb actors wandering through areas that have got like you know faded radiation signs like oh we can't go here go through here it's got the sickness <laughs> and I mean I vaguely remember bits of pieces were going on and it was just hokey and like it mm-hmm. was a bit like those old Hercules TV shows you know yeah. but like making fun of themselves this felt like they didn't realize they were being made mm-hmm. fun of. Yeah. And it also, it aired on MTV, which was a weird thing. Oh, cool. wow. Yeah. Okay. So That's it, where you want to put it. But this was like, I think, the last gasp of uh, MTV's um, like written scripted programming plan. Sure. But it, it made huge audiences and then just went 
off the boil because they moved it to another network where no one watches it but it's a very weird watch and it is also on Netflix I might okay. actually go back and check out a few episodes because it's a quest thing you meet people who rob your thing that you need to bring on your quest and it was it was dumb goofy fun yeah. this was one where I could just turn my brain off and eat some popcorn <laughs> and I think when it comes to fantasy or in this case sci-fi meets fantasy the most important thing is that the world feels real mm. right yeah. and these take a lot of tools and skills and people to, to make this feel real more so than a regular modern set mm. TV show. So it, I don't know, it feels like if they don't go all the way, it doesn't feel like it's worth watching. Mm. Almost it feels like a cheap invitation. It's not going to, well, they're all wearing jackets from like H&M because you can see the stitching in them. And like, or it's all shot in Oxford, actual yeah. Oxford, which yeah. is, it, it's again, it does open up and you do go to the Arctic and there are polar ice bears. So. <laughs> But, yeah. Wearing armor. Uh, wearing armor, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but His Dark Materials does feel like it has weight to it. Yeah. Like yeah. there has been a lot of love and attention and detail um, put into the detail and it feels like it's going to maybe be the next big... I don't know. It feels like it is. Because because they, they've spread it quite thin so far, right? For, for over the four episodes yeah. and there's plenty more stories to tell. That's, I think, what I think is from the four episodes we've seen, I think we're going to get the eight series will be the first book. It'll yeah, come to so whether they, if they leave off on like, it'll be a Game of Thrones style kicker in the face if mm-hmm. they do do it correctly. They, but like the I said, the second season has been. It, I think it's been greenlit. Yeah. yeah, they do have two other books which maybe I think they are bigger, so they might be able to do the Game of Thrones thing and split those. Oh God! There are two new books with a grown-up Lyra. Okay. I think so, cool. and they focus on. I haven't read either of them, but they apparently focus on the aftermath of what mm-hmm. she did. Yeah. You know what you did. <laughs> So it's going to be interesting to see if they take those on board and if they're going to stick to, like I said, there are angels, actual angels in the later books and how they deal with that is going to be key. And if they adhere to what's in the book, I think they'll have a, you know, a a nation of happy fans. But if they don't, it could just be, well, it'll go the way of the movie. All right then, so we've been talking about His Dark Materials, the new show on HBO based on the novels by Philip Pullman. And we also talked about a bit of other um, more fantasy movies uh, based on books. So let us know if you guys are excited to watch His Dark Materials. You can watch us at 018 789 tweet us at skipintromy, or write us at movies at bfm.my.